Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Welcome one and all to a very special and very uncalled for mini episode of Be Real. Guys, my name is Chance Solon Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a movie that I guess, would you say it deserves a reappraisal, Noah, or no? Well, it's like, I feel like it's a pretty ubiquitous film that most people of our ilk uh, saw in 1999 when it was released. And, uh, you know, it was it was at least my baseline of uh, Reformation America for a number of years. Uh, I'm here to tell you, Noah, that I watched Wild Wild West for the first time this past weekend. Oh, wow. So here uh, we are. What, what, a, what an uncalled for two hours that was. <laughs> Right, I really thought my life was okay without Men in Black one and a half, but here we are anyway. Right, Men in Black does Civil War. The reason we chose to watch this, it's streaming on HBO. If you're curious, you can go watch it. Um, but, you know, several down weeks in America here, we just wanted to, like, romp over something. That's kind of what led us to a movie as ridiculous as this. Just sink our teeth into something really, like, not good. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be this not good. Wicked, wicked wow. Let's get into it. Do you want to summarize? Yeah, this movie, so it's set in Reconstruction Era America, and yeah. uh, it, it follows uh, Will Smith, the titular Wild West, Jim West. He's uh, He plays against uh, Kevin Klein mm-hmm. as Artemis Gordon, Artemis Air Gordon. Uh <laughs> Happy 1999, everyone. Which is not, yeah, that's not a joke that I made. That's a joke the movie makes. Right. Um, And so basically there are two, like, U.S. Marshals and for their own sort of reasons uh, are chasing who they think is the bad guy who, like, led this massacre at the end of the Civil War that, like, killed this, like, uh, freed slave town. Yeah, New Liberty. New Liberty, but it turns out it wasn't uh, who they think it is. It's this other person uh, with a much more devious plot to uh, retake the United States for the wronged uh, South. It's more Um, devious, but I wouldn't call it a clearer plot. No. So, yeah. So the I mean, it's sort of a hard movie to summarize because, I mean, it's nonsense. Right. Um, but yeah, so we basically have half of Kenneth Branagh (laughs) as the bad guy who has, you know, he's lost his legs, his genitals, his spleen, his lung, and 39 feet of small intestine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They don't actually say, like, how he was injured, but basically he's, like, a half a guy who's rolling around in this, like, pretty period inaccurate, like, steam-powered, uh, rascal scooter. Mr. Wells. How nice of you to join us tonight and add color to these monochromatic proceedings. Well, when a fella comes back from the dead, I find that an occasion to stand up, be counted. 
it's supposed to be campy, right? Because the 60s TV show it's based on is campy, as are sort of the comics. But just like the scene-to-scene directing, the script, the well, it's, rewrites. It's, not a, it's just not a well-written movie. It's not a well-directed movie. And like... Yeah, who was the studio head or the studio exec sitting in like a boardroom somewhere going, you know who I think would play well <laughs> off of Will Smith, who's like at a career high right now? That's Kevin Klein. <laughs> and then they have like Selma Hayek in there for some reason. And they have Ted Levine in there for about 10 minutes. Right. And then like Kenneth Bragg is like a pretty serious at this point, like Shakespearean actor. Like he's, yeah. he's off the hills of, he's off the heels of remaking Hamlet with right. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I was listening to an interview with Barry Sonnenfeld, the director the other day, the director of the Men in Black films of Get Shorty. He was also like kind of hot in 1999. And I think it just spoke to how hapless they were in making this movie when he was doing like sort of like an audio commentary or was trying to explain what went wrong. And he's like, the problem was that like Will Smith didn't want to be funny and Kevin Klein didn't want to be funny. And so what I learned from this movie is you never try to get like two funny guys in the same movie. I was like, that's your retrospective on this. Like many funny people have like been part of duo comedies. Like, so even now I think they don't know what the hell happened. Well, that's like the weird thing about this movie is it's like uncertain as to what its genre is, I would say. Right. Like, it's not quite a Western. It's not quite an action movie. And it's not quite a buddy comedy. Yeah. It's sort of like the weird sort of unconnecting Venn diagram of it's just like a lot of genres that it never fully commits to. But it seems to have, like, a lot of money at its disposal. It was a lot. Was it $200 million? It was an inordinate amount of money. Yeah, I mean, that definitely shows um, within the limitations of, like, what CGI could do in 1999. Yeah. Um, well, and I feel like when you're talking about the visual, too, they save all their CGI money for the middle of the movie. But I feel like another, like huge missed opportunity is this movie is also trying to do some steampunk right with the gadgetry and sort of like the the era of steam imagining steam-powered weird technology from the mid-19th century but all the time it shows like these weird um like train cars and submarines and their pistons churning they are all like sitting in a middle shot as they move so slowly and does not make any sense why you would not like bring the camera over the side of these things to make them look cool like even stuff like that like people just forgot how to make a movie like all the technology is so like and they have i guess they try to have fun with the fact that all the technology is so anachronistic yeah as to be like ridiculous it's almost like a beat for beat like copy of Men in Black. It just happens to be a western and you know Tommy Lee Jones isn't there to be the straight man. It's it's two guys trying not to be the comedic relief and both having to do it in the end. Right. And also just deliver these painful racist lines. I think for instance you can make uh, you can make Raiders of the Lost Ark, and in some ways you can make Inglorious Bastards because you can like invoke the evil of Nazis as the villains without ever having to get into Nazi rhetoric. But right. when you set a movie 
in like the reconstruction south with your protagonist uh captain west as a black guy anytime anyone opens their mouth it's going to be racist and the movie tries to fight that off by sort of like taking a 1999 approach to it um where will smith like does some stand-up before he's about to be lynched in the movie but like it doesn't it doesn't work like tonally. Um, it doesn't work because it's a blockbuster too. If this was a black exploitation film, if this were black art made by black artists, that would be different. But a swashbuckling two hundred million dollar movie cannot support that racist dialogue. Yeah, and like I get what they're trying to do, and they're trying to be like, well, that's the thing, because the movie is not period accurate. It's hard to like justify like the period behavior. Exactly. So it, it's it just becomes an anachronism of itself. But for me, like with a 2016 viewing of it. And then every once in a while, Will Smith brings up the fact that his family was massacred at this town. Right. Like an emotional, a, emotional valley that is never returned to. Well, it doesn't seem like Will Smith actually like believes that either. <laughs> right. He's like, my family was was gunned down in uh, paycheck, 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 paycheck. It's true. It's true. It's true. You know, Uh and Kevin Klein's like very confused that he's like, uh, Will Smith, you want to jump onto that spider and see what it's like? Damn it. I had that one teed up. (laughs) Oh, man. Nice work. Thank you. That was a big chill. That was a big chill reference for anyone who didn't know. Get that. Is being in Wild Wild West something you want to try? (laughs) See what it's like. Oh, man. Why is Kevin Klein double cast as both this fictional character (laughs) and as Ulysses S. Grant? Is it only for those, like, two... Because it never really comes into play. No. Because at one point, Kevin Klein is, like, dressed up as Ulysses S. Grant, and then Will Smith's like, you're not Ulysses S. Grant because you're wearing the wrong ring. And then, like, real Ulysses S. Grant, also played by Kevin Klein, walks into the room. (laughs) And then they, like, follow that gimmick up at the end where, like, he they do it again and, like, again, no one is fooled. Well, it's not funny either because no one knows what Ulysses S. Grant sounds like. Right. Can I talk about the most, the single most uncomfortable part of the film? I rewound four times to make sure it was actually happening. What's that? That would be when Kenneth Branagh is leaving them in the field and he's talking about taking Selma Hayek with him on the train. And he talks in that ridiculous voice about like making himself like a mechanical dick. (laughs) So he can have sex with Selma Hayek while while the like razor disc shooter is like pumping in like a weird phallic way. Right. He's talking about like surely my mechanical wizardry. You think I could devise something incredibly steely? And it's like you have to stop. Wait, and like, no one is like no one is concerned that like Kenneth Branagh is going to have sex with Selma Hayek. Like that's not even no. And like the other side of the shot. With uh, with Kevin Klein and Will Smith, who have these things attached to their neck, and you know that they're gonna get like decapitated, and he's just going on in this megaphone, being like, "Yeah, I got the mechanical wizardry to to have sex with any woman," and it's 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 it, it, it's familiar, familiar. Don't you just hate my dick? Did- <laughs> 
Okay, at start, at certain points in the movie, didn't you think? I thought he was masquerading as a former Confederate because at sometimes I thought he was doing a German accent. It was so all over the place. Well, that's my weird sort of the weird question that I have about this movie is that like when they go back to his base or whatever and he's like doing his stereotypical like, let's set up a stage and I'm going to talk about my plan. Like it looks like a Nazi rally. Like even the spider yeah. juxtaposed onto the Confederate flag, like looks like a swastika. So our rating system, of course, um, you know, measures the first good bad is on technical quality and the second is on entertainment value. This movie never had a shot at a good in the technical quality category. Um, as far as watchability, I was entertained on the level of a movie I talk about a lot, Big Trouble in Little China, where some of the line readings are just so ridiculous that they <laughs> are sort of like worth it to wait for. But you can't continue to bring me out of it with the tonal imbalance and the racism and the movie's attempts to deal with the racism and still have it be watchable so yeah so if i can paint a picture for you like i was watching this movie in my living room and about 20 minutes in my black roommate like came in and was like what are you doing and i was like uh watching wild wild west and then he sits down with me and like we proceed to just be like very uncomfortable for the preceding hour and 10 minutes I'm so sorry. That's his living room, too. Yeah, and at the end, he was just like, why why are you watching this? And why have I joined you for this experience? And I was like, uh, podcast. Uh, so... <laughs> But yeah, there, he, oh. he, like, he was, we were both, like, groaning through the, like, the lines of when Will Smith is not only in drag, but is also objectified as Ebonia. So I'm gonna have to be woke on this one and give it a bad, bad. Yeah, agreed. I'm there with you. It's just, I mean, I... I was almost thinking like this is the same school of thought like we were talking about with um, Deep Blue Sea where it's like it's sometimes right, entertaining right. to watch a movie with like way too much money at its disposal like like crash in on itself. Yeah. Um, but this one I just I thought it was both like way too bold in like the political jokes it was trying to make and also like way mm -hmm. too tame with the actual like, you know, filmmaking aspect of it. Sorry, I didn't watch it in 1999 because I wouldn't have recommended we watched it now. But as I said the other day, we did then save the category of sci-fi westerns and we didn't have to watch cowboys and aliens or back to the future part three so you don't have to hear us talk so about consider those. yourself lucky uh yeah victory in the end you didn't have to listen to that whole thing buddy and buddies please uh you know connect with us on twitter at be real guys real spelled with two e's like a film reel listen to past episodes of the podcast at berealguys.com you can uh listen on the apps for SoundCloud, your iTunes podcast app, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play Music, wherever you download your podcasts. And uh, write to us if you like at berealguys at gmail.com. Noah Ballard. Sir. Are you Kevin Klein or Will Smith in this uh, duo? Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to be either. Perfect. Uh, don't you just hate that podcast? Bye, everyone.